Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you tonight? Doing pretty good. What's going on, man? Not a whole lot. We got a few things to talk about. Uh, obviously, Mike Vrabel had his day after the game press conference used on Mondays, but being today on Tuesday uh, after the Monday night game, so we've got a few things from that to talk about. Before we do all that, we will tell you that we write for MusicCityMiracles.com, cover the Titans for SB Nation, so you can check us out there. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at JMorrisMCM. Terry's at T. Lambert FB. And you can check the podcast account at Locked On Titans. And you can get the podcast wherever you get your podcast, whatever platform you use. Just search out Locked On Titans, and you'll find us there. Um, all right, so I guess one of the more concerning things from last night was a couple of injuries. Um, I, I guess three guys, really, that came out of the game injured. Tajay Sharp, who hurt himself in warm-ups, but ended up playing a pretty significant amount of snaps. Um then you had Taewon Taylor, who got hurt late in the game. You had Jack Conklin, uh, who left the game evaluated for a concussion. So Vrabel said today on Conklin, he's in the concussion protocol, and we talked about that a little bit last night. That we'll just have to see how that, you know, how he goes through that throughout the week. Um, those are all different, all that stuff. So we'll just we'll see there. Um, you know, on the other two guys, it, it, it's kind of a day-to-day thing is what Brable said today. We knew that what he was going to say wasn't going to give us any information. We'll get more based on, you know, practice reports throughout the week. But, you know, if I mean, I'm assuming that, that Tajay is going to be able to play. I mean, he's been playing this game. No reason to, to think he would miss, you know, a game this weekend. But the Taylor, Taylor thing, it looked kind of bad. And so I think it's probably going to be a little bit of time on him. And so... If they're going to be without him for a couple of weeks, they've probably got to do something to get somebody else in there, I think. That's the problem that won't go away. And, and, you know, it's funny. Just when you start to see some flashes of positivity, they didn't do anything spectacular. They just cost football. And that's that's really all we've been wanting them to do all season. Uh, So now you you get Tajay banged up. You get uh, Taewon banged up. Uh, so once again, Titans still need need to add a receiver here. Um, assuming this 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 Taewon deal is is going to go bad, uh, Rabel said that they're going to look at him in the morning. I he he kind of called him day to day. I just that like you said that that looked bad. Um, so I, I'd be surprised if, if we got good news there. Um, guy we talked about a couple weeks ago, Roger Lewis uh, signing to the practice squad had a couple weeks to to immerse himself in the offense. Um, that's a guy that, that has some some ability. He played with the Titans a little bit. Uh, a little bit of experience at least. Um, at least a little more than Cameron Batson. So uh, maybe there's there's an option. It sounds like Des Bryant is going to head to New Orleans soon. So that option's off the table. I don't know if it was ever on the table for Titans. But um, it just, you know... Once again, here we are talking about Titans needing a receiver in the middle of the season. Let me ask you this. Des Bryant, if, if he does end up with the Saints, doesn't it make you think, if he's good enough to play for the Saints, that he would have been good enough to play here? Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know. If he signs with the Browns, you know, whatever, they don't have the best track record of caring about guys having issues in the locker room or issues on the field, even whatever it may be. But when you talk about the Saints and organization – you know, has you know, for the most part, since I guess Bounty Gate, you know, they do things the right way. A winning culture. They're obviously a team that you know just beat the Rams and got kind of everything going for them. Got they have talented players, um, you, you know, in their receiver group. 
It, I don't know. It just seems like if, if they're willing to bring in Dez, it seems like maybe the Titans should have looked at that harder. Yeah, at a certain point, uh, the narrative on it was just kind of odd to me. Um, yeah, he, he went backwards last year for Dallas, clearly on the back end of his career. But we're talking about Cameron Batson and Taewon Taylor here. That's, that's all he's got to, to be better than. Um, so you understand the Titans not being interested uh, in, in training camp. You still got Richard Matthews on the team. Corey Davis is going to emerge. Taewon Taylor is going to emerge. Uh, but, you know, as the weeks piled up, injuries uh, happened. Uh, Richard leaves the team. You see the drops. I, I don't know. I, I just I, I became more pro Dez. Um, and I, and I never thought I'd get there. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how much he has left in the tank, assuming he does sign with the Saints. It's not a done deal quite yet. Yeah, I saw whoever it was. It was either Rappaport or Pelissero, I can't remember, um, saying you know he, that he's close. He's been close before. So um, we'll, we'll kind of see how that plays out. But, yeah, I mean, Roger Lewis is the only option at this point. We spent a lot of time last week talking about you know trade possibilities. But, obviously, the trade deadline has, has come and gone. Can't do anything as far as that's concerned anymore. So, I don't know. I mean, I, like you said, he's a guy that's played in the league. Um, you know, he, he played in a good offense at one point. He's been here for a couple of weeks now. Um, so, maybe he's acclimated and ready to go. Uh, you know, I don't know. But if if I have – I mean, I, I don't know. Batson was playing ahead of Taewon, right, in, in the game Monday night. Yeah. So, maybe, you know, maybe it's not that big of a concern. I don't know. That's still wild to me. The whole the whole Taylor Taylor thing has been wild because it seems like you know in preseason we were really really high on him, and then the regular season came and we got low on him again. And then at some point throughout the last few weeks we, we've kind of at least had some hope again. And then I don't know, it's just all gone. So I don't, I don't have any idea what what, what how that's going to play out. But it's a story of receivers in this franchise, I and mean, we can go through the list of guys that we thought were going to be good, thought could do something, and they just flame out. Doesn't end up happening. So. I don't know. We'll, we'll 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 keep an eye on that, monitor that, and obviously, like I said, we'll we'll talk about it here if they make a move. And you check out museummiracles.com. We'll have that information there as well. All right, coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about the whole Malcolm Butler, Lashawn Sims thing that got brought up in the press conference today. Before we do that, we're going to tell you about Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is the best place to get tickets if you're trying to get to a game, trying to get a concert, trying to get to a to something in a theater. Vivid Seats is the place you need to go. Uh, they've got all the best tickets, the best prices. You can get on their, uh, you can get on their site. You can search by price. You can search by section, row, however it is you want to search your search receipts. You can do that there. They also have the 100% buyer guarantee. If you go there and you buy your tickets, you're going to get those tickets. Uh, they're going to take care of you. You don't have to worry about if it's a shady site or anything like that. You know, they're they're a place that's been in business for a long time. Uh, they have a, a, a special offer for our listeners. If you go to the App Store or Google Play, you download the Vivid Seats app, and you use the promo code Locked On, you're going to get $20 off of orders of $200 or more if you're a new customer to Vivid Seat. So you need to check it out. It's a good deal. Go to the Vivid Seats app, whichever you know App Store that, is, that you're using. Download it. Use the promo code Locked On. You're going to get $20 off of orders of $200 or more as a new customer to Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime. Help Vivid Seeds get you to your favorite live event. Okay, so Vrabel was asked today the question that, you know, we've all wanted to ask uh, over the last couple of weeks. Why not LaShawn Sims? Why not let him uh, let him have a crack at, at playing with, with all the issues that Malcolm Butler has had? 
Uh, and Vrabel, you know, pretty much just flat responded that Malcolm's better than LaShawn. I mean, that's, that's basically but well, that was basically his response to the question. Now, I mean, I think ability-wise, um, if you just put the two, uh, you know, side by side, and you look at the measurables, I, I don't think there's any there's any doubt that Butler's going to win there. But the problem with Butler has not been, uh, you know, physical ability. It's been the fact that he's not playing, you know, disciplined football. And you know, Vrabel said a few weeks back that it was, you know, his, his eye discipline, uh, you know, not doing the right things there. You saw the exact same thing happen. Uh, in the game last night, he bites on the little move. He comes up, Hearn goes over the top. It's an easy touchdown. I was, I was telling Terry, I, I was listening to the the radio broadcast last night, and when when you see the play happen, you hear Dave McGinnis ask the question, "How does he get that wide open?" And then you 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 can tell that he's watching the replay. And he just goes, "Oh," you know. And it was like he's kind of like, and he's obviously not going to you know rip Butler in in that in that you know in that arena because you know he's the team broadcaster and all that kind of stuff. And then goes on to bring up play and, you know, says what, what Butler did. But it was just kind of like the realization of basically, oh, you know, Butler did it again. And so, it, it I don't know. At this point, like I said, I get ability-wise. But when you've got a guy that is killing you like Butler is, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, we've seen LaShawn Sims play. He's been at least serviceable when he's been on the field. Uh, this stat from PFF today on Butler. Uh, in the game, he allowed eight completions on 11 targets. For 108 yards and two touchdowns on the season, he allowed 39 catches for 618 yards and seven touchdowns. 39 catches, 618 yards, seven touchdowns on the season. So obviously, you're talking about over the course of 16 games, we're halfway through at this point. You're talking about a guy giving up close to 1,300 yards and 14 touchdowns. If you're staying on the same pace, that's like I mean, they, they, both of those, all those things are the worst in the NFL. That's got to be like the worst in history. Lashawn Sims can do better than that. And the just absolutely wild thing is, Titans have given up the fewest points in the league. Right. I mean, with with literally, literally the worst corner in football this year, um, just an ultimate eyesore uh, on one side of the defense. The Titans have given up the fewest points. Uh, so that's just that that just blows my mind. You know, just think about where this team would be if they don't go down this road and they stick with Lashawn Sims. They draft another corner. Uh, you know, you've got all that all that money to spend elsewhere. Hindsight's twenty twenty, I know, uh, but at this point, I, I don't know how you're not looking at, at making a change. And you know, honestly, I hated the answer from Vrabel. I, I don't understand how you can sit there and tell us, um, you know, Butler's the, the the better player at this point. It might be like you said in terms of measurables and, and stuff like that, athleticism. But there's something wrong there. There it needs to be benched. He needs something to snap out of this this god awful streak. Um, so that's not really what I wanted to hear from Brable. I don't know if he's been told that, that he's got to play or, or something. We're paying him all this money. He's going to play. I'm not sure of the situation there. And and look, I'm not asking Brable to go trash Malcolm Butler. That's not what a head coach does. But I just would have liked to have heard, you know, hey, we'll we'll evaluate that position this week in practice. Uh, or maybe it's up for grabs or, or something like that because, man, it just seems like you're just banging your head against the wall. Uh, I, I just – we've been down this road for, what, four, five, six weeks now, uh, and it's not getting any better. Well, and it's one thing, too, you know, if a guy's physical skills have, have diminished and he just he just can't get done anymore. But this is a, just a guy not playing disciplined football. 
And I don't know. I mean, as long as you let him keep going out there, it, I don't know. I mean, it's, to me, it's like when you got your kids and they keep doing something that you don't want them to do over and over and over, and you keep saying, hey, don't do that. But then they keep doing it. Like eventually, you've got to like step up the the consequences, right? <laughs> um, I just I, I don't I don't know if that's it's obviously not exactly the same, but it's the same problem over and over. And again, it's not like I mean he's gotten beat over the top by Jordan Matthews and Alan Hearns. It's not like he's getting beat by Tyreek Hill. Like we can, we can understand that, right? But it's just it's it's the way that it's gone down, and, and it hasn't changed. And you know, I mean, look if you look at snaps, you know they played. Obviously, he's coming off the field. Butler is. Um, when, when they're in base defense, uh, which I don't think – that wasn't the case earlier in the year, right? Logan Ryan was the slot corner, yeah. and Butler and Adoree played outside. So they've made that adjustment, but still, I mean, when you're in nickel as much as NFL teams are now, um, he's still playing you know, the, the vast majority of the snaps. And I don't know. I, I mean, I, you know, and again, look, they're playing the Patriots this weekend, right? Um Malcolm Butler, I mean, we all know the story of not playing in the Super Bowl and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe we're starting to see why. Maybe, you know, Bill Belichick didn't think he could trust him to not bite on one of these, on one of these moves. Um, I mean, it's starting to make a little bit more sense you know, as, he, as each week goes by. You better believe that they're going to target him because if, we, if there's anything we know about the Patriots, we know that they are going to watch the Titans and they're going to find out what their you know biggest weakness has been to this point on defense, and they're going to try to attack that. And I mean, I mean there are a few things obviously that, that the Titans don't do you know just excellently on defense. But the number one thing, the easiest the easiest way for you to score on the on the Titans right now is to th- run a double move with Malcolm Butler and fight on it. And the, you better believe that they're going to try try to find a way to get Josh Gordon over there on his side early, and they're going to take some shots. And I don't know how we have any faith right now that they're not going to they're not going to get big plays out of that. Yeah, and look at the weapons they've got: Josh Gordon, then they've got Philip Dorsett, who's an absolute burner. Uh, you got guys like Chris Hogan that are going to work on the outside. So plenty of different options there. And you know, you know exactly where Belichick is going. I mean, it's pretty clear why he didn't start that Super Bowl game. It's been clear for a few weeks now. Uh, so I think we've solved that mystery. And like you were saying, they're going to find that weakness and they're going to exploit it because they're the Patriots. They're the best. That's what they do. Um, so I'm expecting a big, big game from from Josh Gordon. Um, at the same time, if you're Dean Pease, you got to know it's coming. You know, you can't leave him alone. You've got to give him constant help. Um, and if you're having to do that, you know, you might want to consider making the change to LaShawn Sims because that's just not fair. You know, uh, if you've got a guy that you've got more more trust in. Uh, I think you've got you've got to play him no matter what the other guy's getting paid. So um, it's a it's a frustrating situation. Yeah, the Titans have been here before. Um, just kind of reminds you of guys like Nick Harper uh, and Bear Cox and, and gosh, the list goes on and on. Blady Ray Wilson. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I could go on and on and on. But Titans got to get better here, uh, and I think the answer is eventually going to be Sims. Uh, I don't think Butler snaps out of this by playing through it. I think it's something he's to sit down, um, maybe go into more of a reserve role, uh, and, and really figure out what is going on with his technique. Because it just seems like he's always playing from behind. He's just behind from the get-go on every snap, and I can't really figure out why. 
Yeah, and you know there are some teams that if you had to, you know, give him help on every play or whatever, there are some teams that you can do that and get away with. The Patriots are not one of them. They got weapons all over the field, and so if you're having to handicap your defense in one spot again, they're gonna they're gonna find that they're gonna adjust to it. I mean, Logan Ryan was talking about all the adjustments that that they made. I heard him on, on midday one eighty today talking about that, and you know said obviously you know really good halftime adjustments, but he was like you know series to series. Just the way that they adjust is, is different than, than most teams in the league. And so if the Titans are doing something to give Butler some help, something else has got to be open. So I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. And, I mean, it could be a thing where, you know, Verbal says what he said today and, and does something different this week. Um, I, don't, I don't know if that's what's going to happen, but we'll obviously keep an eye on that. But if, if that does, that's going to be the thing that it, it can really undo this Titans defense. Like you said, they're number one in the league, number one scoring defense in the league. Um, they've been, I mean, you know, I knew they had talent and thought they'd be pretty good, but they've been just way better than I, than I thought they they would be. So that's been the one issue that they've had so far. So I don't know. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that and see uh, if it gets worked out or not. All right, coming up in the show, we will talk a little bit about Kevin Byard on the star celebration and Mike Brable's response to it. Um, all right, so. Bray was asked about Bayard's, you know, celebration on the Stars today, and you know, basically he didn't like it. That's, that's pretty much what it boiled down to. Uh, I heard him tonight on the, you know, his coach's show. Or I don't, I'm not sure exactly what it's called, but um, and he basically kind of went with the line of, "Well, I would rather him get with his teammates and celebrate than do something, you know, just trying to draw attention to himself." Uh, you know, and this is, you know, this is one of those things that everybody's outraged because he disrespected the star and the logo and all that stuff, which I just think is so so freaking stupid. Um, I don't know what the star actually represents. But, um, you know, and then there's the thing, I think it was Pelsero that tweeted today that the league is looking into it because apparently, apparently there's language in the rule book about stomping on the other team's logo and all that kind of stuff, which all this stuff is just funny to me. But he didn't stomp on it. I mean, he just went there and then they did like a little river dance or whatever. Um, but I don't think it was like stomping like on, on the logo. But I don't know. What would you think about it? Did you like it? I loved it, and I, I just wonder quietly if Rabel loved it. You know, he can't out actually go out and say, "Hey, that, that's awesome." You know, go disrespect somebody's logo like that. But we uh, <laughs> about it uh, through the bye week. Titans are just—they're not a real exciting team. You know, the, the small market team. There's a reason why ESPN doesn't pay attention. Uh, to, to the Titans, they're just not all that interesting from a national perspective. So to see Bayard, who has already been disrespected by Deion Sanders, um, to see him go out there and, and just in a moment of celebration kind of go uh, recreate the, the T.O. celebration, uh, I thought it was really cool on a national stage. So I like like you said, the, the disrespecting the star thing is stupid, and it would probably make me mad if I was a Cowboys fan. But um, from a Titans perspective, I love doing something that generates interest, that generates national interest. Um, for a guy like that, Kevin Byard, who is a star, an absolute star in this league, uh, just kind of to introduce himself to a national audience. I loved it. Yeah, and I wonder if the whole Dion thing didn't play into it a little bit. Um, obviously, you know, being on that stage, you know, being in Dallas and where Dion played and all that kind of stuff, I wonder if there was a little bit of extra motivation there, um, you know, as far as that's concerned. But, yeah, like you said, I mean, there's just not um, – there, there's not a lot. It's a, they're, they're a small market team, obviously, but they're also just not 
they're not a fun small market team. No. You know, it'd be one thing if they were scoring a bunch of points and doing whatever, but they're just they're just they're they're not that fun. Um, and, and nobody pays attention to them, and then everybody, you know, is all up in arms about the pregame show, and all they're talking about the Cowboys. And listen, like I don't, I don't it's just funny to me. People get all mad about that stuff. You knew that was, was going to happen. Um, you know, especially with the trade from Ray Cooper and all that. Um, you know, you had that buzz, but just think about it with the, you know, the teams coming in with the same record, uh, with Dallas being Dallas. Um, you, you know, and I mean, it's, it's going to be like that pretty much regardless of who they play, but especially when it's the Cowboys, um, you, you're going to get that kind of stuff. And look. You know the the way that you stop that is by winning. That, that's the whole thing. Um, you know, and that's the uh, that, that's what this all boils down to. I mean, that to me, that's what you, if you don't want the guy to go dance on your star, don't throw interception. I mean, that, that that's kind of how I feel about this kind of stuff. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily love all of it. I, I did like that, but there, there are some things that I think are a little bit over the top or whatever. But like, if you don't want him to do it, they make that play. But you know, listen. I, I respect the because uh, I, I think Taylor LeJuan got asked a respect question again after the game last night, and it was basically like, "Look, I'm not going down that road again. <laughs> we need to win. That's the thing that matters." Because you know that was the that was kind of the conversation, and we talked about it here um, after the Eagles game. The Tigers still not getting any, any respect, all that kind of stuff, and they go out and lose three in a row, and so the, then definitely nobody's talking about them. So you know they they know now. I think that you you don't need to talk about that kind of stuff. You just need to show the results on the field, and that's ultimately what it, what it all boils down to. And what you know, guys. I mean, we we saw Keith Bullock be here for years and not get the recognition he deserved because he was on a bunch of bad teams. Um, you know, he played. He was a, he was a four three linebacker, and so didn't put up the sack numbers and, and that kind of stuff that the, the three four guys were doing. Um, but you know those things. Those things resolve themselves if you win, and that's the thing. And listen, to the whole Marcus Mariota debate—it's the same deal, right? If he consistently be healthy and stay on the field, I think he's going to prove that he can be a good NFL quarterback. He hasn't done that to this point. So the, these narratives that you know people kind of get all upset about—they're there for a reason, and it's really up to the Titans to get rid of them. And you know that leads me into my next point: seeing Marcus Mariota do that on national stage. Uh, in front of two of the three announcers, uh, Jason Witten, Booger McFarland, that said he needs to play more from the pocket. Yeah, you know, if you're saying that, you haven't watched Marcus Mario. He wins from the pocket. You know, you, you remember last year after the or during the Monday night broadcast, John. Oh my Green, gosh, yes. Just every single play, Marcus needs to stay in that pocket, and he ended up throwing for like 300 yards, and he went from the pocket. And I'm pretty sure he was had a banged up knee. Yeah, he couldn't uh, run at all. Yeah, that was the yeah. hamstring. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. You know, just shattering narratives. There, uh, I love seeing Marcus do that, especially in front of all these national analysts who had kind of thrown dirt on him. Who you know, they don't know the story. You don't realize how many offensive coordinators this guy's been through. You don't realize how many drops he's had. You don't realize how many more games he should have won that weren't his fault. You don't realize how banged up he was and how he couldn't feel two of his fingers. So. Uh, it was just good for me personally to see Marcus come through in that big spot uh, and really just becoming kind of a, a Monday night player. Uh, back-to-back years, uh, he, he's had great games on Monday night. Going to have another chance, uh, I think, against Houston here in, in a few weeks. So uh, we'll see if he can do it again. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, I mean, hey, that's what we're all hoping for, right, is that he can stay healthy um, and that we, we start to get rid of some of this stuff. But again, it goes. It gets down to you know producing results on the field and winning football games. And so if they can do that, then those things will start to change. All right, so that'll do it for tonight. 
Uh, like I said, check us out at MutualCityMiracles.com. A lot more on this game. And then, obviously, previewing the Patriots. Uh, tomorrow night, we'll have the crossover episode with Mark Schofield, who does Locked on Patriots. Uh, we've had it. We had him on back around the draft. Um, really good. So I'm, I'm sure that show will be really good. So check that out. Like I said, subscribe to the show, uh, Locked on Titans, so you get the newest episodes as soon as they're available. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening to Locked on Titans, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.